This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 105. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Brandon Turner. What's up, Brandon? Hey, Josh. How you doing? Hey, how the heck are you? I'm sick again, still. I know. You're like, yeah, you need to stop eating organic and start eating just a whole <laughs> load of crap, man, because I know, not I know. I, I know. I'm like the healthiest eater on planet Earth, and I'm like always got a cold. That's okay. I'm going on vacation in a week from now. I'll be in beautiful, sunny Hawaii. Wow. So, Must be know. nice. Must it's going nice. to be amazing. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to you for a week. You're going to be on what? Va- va- I, I haven't. Yeah. I don't know what that word is. So I don't quite understand it. The concept. Yeah, you, yeah. You you need to do that sometime. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Well, listen. Today we've got a really really cool show. I'm I'm super excited for it. Before we go there, let's do today's quick, quick tip. All right. Quick tip. All right. Being that it's 2015, Josh and I are actually going to start doing some uh, new ideas with the podcast here at Bigger Pockets, and one of those is a weekly trivia contest. So our quick tip today is. Try to listen to the podcast when it comes out. Don't wait weeks and weeks and get behind uh, because you won't be able to get into the trivia stuff. So every week we're in a new contest. Uh, so each week we're going to ask all listeners out there to answer a simple question about last week's show and email in your answers to trivia at biggerpockets.com and you might win the digital and audio version of the book on investing in real estate with no and low money down. Wait a second. Wait a second. Did you pick the prize out? I did pick the prize out. Wow. What, yeah, that's uh, what right. a shocker. <laughs> it's a good prize. All right, people oh, love that. Oh, man. Yeah, now right. it's a great prize, a great book. And, and people uh, are going to love it. Yes, yes. So if you want to win a copy of that, just answer this trivia question. Just email it into, uh, again, trivia at biggerpockets.com. Here's a question. All right. On last week's show, we interviewed Todd Whitten about scaling up your business so you can lead a really incredible life. Awesome episode. And on that show, Todd mentioned that he taught business skills to aspiring entrepreneurs in what European country? If you, can, if you know the answer to that or you want to go back and listen, uh, just send it into trivia at biggerpockets.com and you might win that PDF and audio version of the book on investing in real estate with no and low money down. Awesome. Nice, nice, nice. Good job, man. Nice, nice promo. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> All right. With that, why don't we get to the show? This is show 105. You can find the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 105. And also... If you are one of our listeners and have yet to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, you can do that also via the link on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 105. And uh, we definitely, definitely appreciate all those ratings and reviews. They, they, they help us get the word out. So with that, today's guest is Ophelia Nicholson. Ophelia is an amazing woman. Uh, she's funny. She's bold. She is making things happen. And you know what? You know, this is somebody who bought their first house while making minimum wage. I mean, this is somebody who never said, I can't do it. It's somebody who's been inspirational and inspiring to me. You know, I mean, her story is amazing. It's great. And she's running a successful business currently doing, I believe, six projects, flips right now simultaneously. Uh, you you got to hear this. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com bp. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com bp. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. 
There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I'm super excited to bring her on and, and let's, uh, let's take you to the show. So Ophelia, welcome to the show. It is very, very good to have you. Thanks, Brandon and Josh. I'm so happy to be here. See, she started with you. Nobody, she started likes, with, yeah. nobody likes Josh. You know. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. No, we had, a, we had a good time doing the sound check today uh, with Ophelia. This is going to be a fun show. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. You have, a, you have a fascinating story. I mean, like... You have a fascinating story from what I know what I know about it. I don't know a ton, but like you got started with almost, you know, you weren't making a lot of money. You moved here from out of the country and uh and 2014 was a great year from you for you from what I've heard. So yep. yeah, let's let's hit all that stuff let's today. Josh, it. you want to start yeah. us off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ophelia. So let's talk about what Brandon just mentioned. So where did you come from and why did you come and when was it? Let's start there. It's not going to be a very long story. <laughs> and start and finish done. Nice. That was great. <laughs> Actually, I came from Jamaica in 99. Nice. And I had 400 bucks in my pocket. Nice. And an eight-month-old baby. Wow. And I thought I was rich. <laughs> so <laughs> I came to the U.S., um, stayed with my family for a couple of years, okay. uh, probably two years. And in 2001, I bought my first house. Okay, so where so, where did you move to? Like, what part of the country was was your family? I'm in Maryland. Okay, gotcha. All right, so you came to Maryland with 400 bucks in your pocket from Jamaica with a baby, 400 bucks in the other hand, and it's like 399 dollars more than Josh has in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot in my pockets at, at current. Yes, that's right. That's right. All right, cool. So you came here and you bought your first house, and you said 2001. 2001. So two years later. Yes, wow. Two years later. Unbelievable. Okay. And, and before we even go there, what were you doing at that time? You know, two years later, I, because this is what's, I think, pretty fascinating. You were working in the real estate business, right? Right. I became a mortgage processor right after I came here. So my very first job, I learned about credit, um, assets, pretty much everything, and then bought my first house. So okay. what, what does a mortgage processor do? Um, you send in your application to apply for a mortgage and we pretty much do everything the loan officer doesn't do. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And, and, and so you pretty much handle most of the work, do the bulk of the heavy lifting and the, the more right. the loan officer, I don't know, does the selling and, you know, maybe kind of try try, you know, the rest, the rest of it and gets all the riches while you guys as a loan processor, what, I mean, you were making what, like, you know, 150,000, uh, 50,000. What were you making? At the time I was making 14,000. You were making $14,000 a year as a mortgage processor. Yep. <clears throat> okay. My very first year I was making 14,000. Okay. And first, I bought my first house. First off, we're going to get to the house to anybody in the lending business listening. <laughs> this is crap. <laughs> Absolute crap. The fact that, that somebody is here processing loans and making $14,000 a year is a travesty. It's a complete travesty. It's crazy. That blows my mind that that's even possible. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm stuck. I can't say anything. But you have to also look at it. It was my very first year, my very first job. I didn't know much about the business. Right. So I was making minimum wage. Oh boy. So you, you were making minimum wage. All right, enough of my rant. Rant over. Um, you're making minimum wage, and you bought a house. I thought that wasn't possible. Um, well, it was possible for me. 
so it's possible for other people. All right. So why don't we talk about that? How on earth was that possible? Um, my house was really small. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So you uh, bought a small house, obviously. But, I mean, t- tell us about this first house. Tell us about kind of how that went down. And if, if you would be willing to go into some detail, that'd be great. I don't know that I remember a ton of details now. Sure. It's been like 14 years, yeah. 13, 14 years. Um, but I had great credit at the time because that's all we did every day was credit. So I had great credit, uh, 14 grand, and don't think I had a lot of reserves. Um, first time home buyer, so I just got a mortgage. Was it like an FHA? FHA? Yeah. Um, no, I think back in 2001, I think it was a conventional. My very first mortgage was conventional with PMI. Okay. 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 Well, and back then they used to just give mortgages a little yeah. more freely than they do today. So. Right. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So well, that's great. It wasn't. It wasn't as tight as it is now. Right. Right. Awesome. Well, can I ask you this question about that? Do you recommend people today? I mean, like looking back at your life and your story, do you recommend people going that route? Like, if you don't make a lot of money, should they buy their first house, or why not, and when and when not? I think you should. I mean, I think it was definitely education to buy my first house to figure out how I'm going to make that work off of that small income. Um, and I think if you're responsible, you definitely should buy your first house, even if you don't make a lot of money. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. And, you know, is there a line? As somebody, you know, you bring a unique perspective as a, as a loan processor. Somebody, I mean, you're not the one who's approving the loans, but you're the one who kind of is looking them over, right? Correct. Um, I'm assuming as that person, you probably saw somewhat through the funnel, like which ones are better, which ones are worse. I'm sure you've talked to the loan officers and they yelled at you, stop giving me these and give me these, that kind of thing. Is that right? Well, I yelled at them. Okay. Yeah. Don't yell at me. (laughs) No, I yelled at them. I can't believe you would send this stuff, but that was usually, it wasn't necessarily people who had low income, but it was mainly people who had low credit, um, stuff like that, that came through that you're like, I can't believe you would send this to me. Okay. Okay. So for, for those people, whether they're investors or just, you know, regular homeowners, I mean, can you, and this wasn't the intent of the show, but since we got you, you know, I I figure (laughs) it would, it would uh, be worth asking, you know, what does somebody need to have, uh, you know, before they go and apply for that, that loan? I mean, particularly the, the uh, first time home buyers. And, and, and let's kind of take it a step further and say, regardless of, you know, whether they're, you know, uh, by, you know, making minimum wage. Um, I think first thing you need to do is make sure you've got decent credit or great credit. Um, and then one of the things I find even with flips that I do now is a lot of people don't have money saved. So, I would say save some money. And then there are so many first-time home buyer programs. There's NACA. There is, um, they have a triple play that just came out where you get $20,000 in Maryland. There's so many things to facilitate you buying a home. I don't see why anybody wouldn't. Yeah. Well, and I think you bring up an interesting point. Like what, those, those programs, they sound like they're probably Maryland specific, right? Or at least some um, of them. I think some of them are Maryland specific, but I think some of them are uh, over the country. Sure. So, I mean, I think I think the interesting thing is like, I don't know, there's so many different loan programs and things that can help you, especially first-time homebuyers uh, in every state, every city. Some specific you know, cities have their own programs as well. So just something to check into if you're looking to get in, in your first house. There's probably a program or two out there that does apply to you. Um, do you have any recommendations on how people can find those? Um, I do not at this moment, um, but I will look <laughs> it up. Ask, they, can <laughs> ask, they can ask you. It's all good. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to start getting lots of questions. Now you get to do <laughs> well, no, research. Now you get another job helping other people <laughs> find those programs. Good job, Brandon. Yeah, well, no, I think what, I think what that, that's the truth, though, is they ask you if they're in Maryland. They can send you a private message on Bigger Pockets and say, hey, I'm looking to buy my first deal. Uh, I know you were in Maryland and, and you did it. How can I do it? And if they're in Washington, they could private message me and ask me, hey, do you know any good you know, current loan programs in Washington? Yeah. And that's... It really can be as simple as that. So yeah, for sure, for cool. sure. Well, so this property was was intended as your personal residence, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So, how did you transition from that to hey, you know what? I want to be a real estate investor. I want to start buying some properties, flipping houses, doing whatever whatever it is we're about to learn about you. And uh, how, how did all that go down? Uh, now my story gets interesting. Oh, so um, it wasn't interesting next- before, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> totally boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought my first house in 2001, and then in 2002, I was buying my second house. Um, so the very next year, I decided I was going to buy another house, but this time I was going to live in it, and ended up 
being an accidental landlord. So some people came to look at my house. Uh, they thought my small house was too small. The saw house uh, needed repairs. So I bought it with the intention of renting it to them. And then they sued me for 15 grand. Hold on. Really? Hold on. Yes. I'm confused. So hold on. Let's 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 zip it back a little bit. All right. You're in this little tiny box of the house that you bought in 2001, right? How big was Correct. it? How big was that? Um, you know, I still live here, so it is probably about 800 square feet. It's like a two bedroom, one bath, and then downstairs is like a living room, kitchen, living room, dining room, and one, and then a kitchen. Okay, so, so it's, it's not. It's not I've heard of smaller. It's not teeny, teeny, teeny. I lived in a I lived in a four hundred fifty square foot house. Yeah, exactly. Oh, now you're just showing off. (laughs) Yeah, you know. And he's like nine foot two. So yeah, I yeah I I could lay across the entire house. (laughs) There you go. All right, all right. So you're in this. You're in this little house again. So the second house you met you met somebody who wanted to rent out your house from you. I, I guess I'm a little confused. Clarify for me a little bit here. Okay. So I got a real estate agent and he was showing me houses because, of course, at the time I was making more money, thought I'd move to a bigger house. Okay. Um, he had some clients who were looking for a house to rent. Yes. So he thought it'd be a great idea to show them my house since I was going to be vacating it. The one that you're so, in right now. Right. Okay. So they came and saw the small house and they thought it, it was just too small for them. Okay. So while we were looking for properties for me to live in, I came upon a property. It was 87000 and they pretty much came over, saw it. I don't know. Brilliant idea came in my head. Hey, what if they came over and they rented it for me for 1100 bucks? So they came over, saw it, liked it. I needed to rehab on it. And that's how it started. Got them under contract to rent it, bought the house, did rehab. And they came and spent one night in the house and sued me for 15 grand. <laughs> So how did they? Say, you know, I, uh, why they sue you? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. How? How is this? Like, they didn't like they? the paint colors or something. <laughs> uh, it's very maybe offensive. I'm cutting. I'm cutting, the, I'm cutting the story probably a little bit short, but sure. um, rehab went on for probably about two and a half months because at the time it was my very first any kind of rehab. So rehab went on for about two and a half months, and they kept coming to see the rehab. So they were abreast about what was going on, how the property was getting fixed up. And the night before everything was done, the carpets were being put in. And they just called out of the blue, said they had nowhere to stay if I could let them come and stay in the living room. They knew the rest of the house wasn't carpeted, be carpeted the next day. And I think there was just, I was just kind. And I was like, okay, sure, come and stay the night because you have nowhere to stay. And then in the morning, we'll get the carpet finished. And that's just how it happened. Okay, so and what was I mean? What was kind of the what was the grounds for the suit? Um, they took pictures of the house. So that night that they came in with that one room carpeted, they came in, they took pictures of the house, and then tried to play it off that I was a slum landlord. Ah, interesting. That's, so they're just trying to take advantage of you. So they, you know, the you scene in the house when it wasn't finished, took pictures, yeah. and then and claimed then that you were a slum lord, putting them in a. Property that was under terrible conditions. Correct. Ah. And then, so the next day I came um, and finished the carpeting. And then I had another tenant who came and stayed two years. Didn't do anything else to the property. And she stayed two years. So so did right. you lose a $15,000 lawsuit? I lost $3,500. Um, the judge awarded them $3,500. And it ruined my credit for many, many years. Hmm. Dang. So what's uh, what, what? What did we learn here? I mean, uh, obviously, this is a show. We got lots of people listening. Don't get scared. There's, I think, like <laughs> enough people to fill a stadium. But yeah, <laughs> that's okay. The story gets better in the end. Well, we want to hear that part too. But let's. So I mean, like, what kind of lesson? If I'm I'm a brand new landlord and and you know I come to you and you say I say Ophelia, oh my goodness, I heard you got sued by this guy and it sounds horrible. Like, how do I make sure that doesn't happen to me? I think, first of all, you shouldn't be letting people in your house if it's not completely finished. Um, That's, you know, that's number one. And then second, you just have to really do your background and make sure the people that are coming to you really aren't just scam artists who just want to take advantage of somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that you you went through that. And it sounds terrible. And listen, I mean... 
Let's call a spade a spade. I'm not sorry. You made a mistake. It happened. You didn't know any better. And 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 but now you you've learned from it. And now guess what? You know, forty plus thousand people are gonna learn from your lesson as well. And and hopefully, you know, the less of those mistakes happen. And there's uh, you know, guys who are out there trying to take advantage of of new landlords, uh, hopefully can't get away with it as easily. So right. you know. I'm not sorry. I think it was great. Yeah, I, I must needed- I would have enjoyed that. Hey, you're going to court tomorrow. <laughs> awesome, no, I can't no, no. wait. No, not in that sense. But looking back, I think it was just one of those lessons that I needed to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Of and I think every one of those things just kind of makes you a better investor later on. Right. Kind of helps turn out. So, okay. So you said that that, that story became uh, better, I guess. Like it had a good ending. So what happened with that deal? Oh, not with that deal. I just mean oh, my story. Oh, your story. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's go on to that then. Yeah, let's keep talking about how her life went downhill and downhill <laughs> and downhill. And then we're going to go. <laughs> awesome. That was great. Thank you so much. All right, cool. So Bye-bye. you got an, you became an accidental landlord. You ended up with that property. You kept the next tenants for two years. You know, you, you shook it off, it sounds like, and right. said, hey, I'm going to keep going. What did what, you end up doing next after that? So the next year I bought another house. Okay. Um, uh, so by this time, three houses. So by the time we ended up going to court for the 15000 I had three houses. Um. But that court case messed up as far as my credit uh, for probably about seven years. And I did dumb stuff. Yeah. Uh, at one point, I was losing all three houses. So uh, right around 2005, 2006, I ended up selling the other two houses and just moving back to my small house. So I was out of real estate for probably about four years. And why did you lose those houses? What happened? Uh, I did dumb stuff. Okay, well, I... I, I <laughs> Well, you're on. You're on with Josh and Brandon, man. We've admitted to countless dumb things. It's time for you to open up. What what dumb things? You know, if anyone, if anyone in real estate can say that they haven't made a stupid mistake, they're lying to you. So, yeah, what what dumb stuff did you do here? If hopefully you want to talk about it, I'm going to pressure you until you do. So, no, that's fine. I quit my job and I was pregnant and quit my job. That was dumb. Yes, I know. <laughs> All right, so you quit your job because you wanted to b- become a full-time real estate person? No, I quit my job because I thought, hey, I can process mortgages by myself. I can open a processing company. Uh, and uh, yeah, that didn't work out so well. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm sure the market collapsing didn't help too in there. Was that, was that involved in that? Actually, no. I missed the market collapse. Okay. I was out of real estate before the market collapsed. So by 2005, 2006, I had sold one property, made 86000 sold another property, made uh, 87000 So I was totally wow. out. Was wow. the next one 88000 <laughs> No. The next one, the really small house, I'm still in it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just messing with you. So you get, all right. So, you know, you, you kind of sat out the decline, which is great probably that you, you know, missed out on that. And then you got back into real estate at some point. Uh, can you kind of tell us that story of how did you get back into the real estate investing game? Okay. So right around 2010, I thought, okay, I've been out for long enough. And I started to think, you know, what has made me money in my life? So it was real estate. Yeah. Um, so I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe it's time for me to start and buy another rental property. So in 2010, I was looking for a rental property. And while I was looking, I noticed that there were people buying houses for 50000 fixing them up, and they were reselling them for a hundred, a hundred and fifty. And I thought, oh my God, that's awesome. Why didn't I think of that? So I bought my first rental property and then my uncle was a general contractor. Okay. So I thought, hey, I have the mortgage background and I know how to do FHA, VAs and all this loans. And he has the construction background. So it would be really great if we teamed up and did flips. Okay. 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 Is that what you did? Yeah. And, and-, and that's what we did um, in 2000. Well, it took me about six months to convince him. So we did our first flip in 2011. Okay. 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 Yeah. And so you, so you decided against the buy and hold and now you're going straight into flips. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. So 2011, what does that first flip look like? Uh, that first flip is down to studs. Okay. And replace everything on that house except the roof. Wow. wow. And what, what, what'd yeah. you pay for it? How much did it cost you? What'd you walk away for? And how long did it take? All right. So the very first flip, uh, I, at the time, I didn't know anything about hard money. I didn't know anything about private money. Um, so we put together the cash. We bought it for sixty two nine. We paid 70000 in rehab, and we sold it for one ninety one five. 
140. Wow. It's not bad. We made some good money. Yeah. Yeah, That's we great. made decent money for that first year. And where is this located? This is in Maryland. This is in Maryland. I didn't know they had cheaper prices like that there. I mean, I have no idea yeah. the market there, but I would assume that was like, you know, I did New too. York or something with, you know, 500000 for a 800 square foot house. It's not like no. that. No. Okay. No, in, in D.C. it is, but I'm in Prince George's County, Maryland. Okay. 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 Is that a little more r- rural than the rest? I, I wouldn't say it's rural. It's probably about 10 minutes outside of D.C. Okay. So oh, wow. 10 minutes wow. outside of the capital of the uh, the greatest country on planet Earth. <laughs> You could find a house for fifty thousand dollars, which, which proves that there's pretty much no location on planet Earth where you can't live and find a reasonably priced property to fix, flip, buy and hold, you name it, within an hour or two. I mean, it, it just proves it again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, what what are the neighborhoods? I mean, what is this? Is this like I don't know how bad is this? I mean, is this a bad neighborhood? A good neighborhood? Is it? I don't no, know. I, ghetto? I, is that the right? Like I don't know. I don't no, know that area I, at all. Actually, it was a very decent neighborhood, and we already had um, – that was a neighborhood that I had had a primary residence in. I'd had um, a couple rentals in. My okay. uncle had a couple rentals in, so it was somewhere we were familiar with. That's okay. great, which, that, which is another great tip, by the way. Like, make yeah. sure yeah. – and that's where you know, right? Yep. Right. Flipping in my own backyard. That's yeah. awesome. That's hey, awesome. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good uh, title. For the title for a, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. yeah, flipping yeah. Like, anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, so, so how long did it take that 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 actual flip? What was uh, you know open to close? That flip took a very long time. Um, we started. <laughs> <laughs> we started it. Um, when did we start it? We started in January. I think we didn't have it on the market till August. Okay. Um, it sold right away. We had multiple offers in the first three days. And it sold within a month. So it was sold probably by September. Okay. And and when you gave those that seventy thousand or so in rehab, is that also your holding costs and cost of money and everything else, or was that just the uh, the uh, materials and labor? Well, we didn't have any holding costs because we had bought it cash. Oh, you so, guys pay cash. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was my uncle came up with twenty thousand. I came up with twenty thousand, and I was engaged at the time. And he came up with twenty thousand, and we kind of put it together. And then we funded the rehab. Everybody should not do this. We funded the rehab with credit cards and just getting paid and using that money. But you should not do that. Why not? <laughs> why, why not? That's actually, that's actually one of the questions I had in the uh, fire round question, the section below. Really? So let's hit that now. Yeah, credit cards. Let's talk about them. Um, I don't. I mean, if you have the money that you're getting continual income to be able to pay for it, it's one thing. But if you're just doing it on the whim that okay, it's going to sell and I'm going to be able to pay it off, I don't think that's a great idea. Yeah, I did that once. It wasn't. It was that <laughs> house. Yeah, it's that house. I, I've told that story a bunch of times, but it's like the house that I, I bought, and I uh, it took me two years, like from beginning to end, took two years to buy, fix up, sell, and uh, in that process, I used a lot of the repairs I used the credit card for. So um, yeah, that was a. How did rough, that? Yeah. How did that work out for you? Uh, I broke even at the end of two solid years, including wow. a year of actual physical labor on that house. I lost out on a whole year of my life. Oh I mean, I learned God. a lot of cool stuff. I learned how to build a staircase. That was cool. Nice. All right. How many people can say they can build how a staircase? How many people have but... fallen through those stairs since <laughs> the construction of said staircase? <laughs> that was the best looking staircase. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a picture. I'm going to put it in the show notes nice. at biggerpockets.com slash show 105. Nice. And I, I, think, I, I think you're right. I think it probably was the best looking staircase. It was the best looking yeah, staircase. Yeah. Now, wow. I'm sure when I drop my price, yes. $50,000 to unload that house, I'm sure uh, <laughs> you know, I, I felt pretty good about it then too. All right, anyway. <laughs> All right, Ophelia. So, so you, 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 you closed your first flip successfully. You blew, you know, blew everybody away with it, right? That, that's awesome. Then things really started to heat up. And and I know last year you just you know kicked backside. So why do you think 2014 was so great for you? And tell us tell us about it. Well, tell us what happened in in 14. How many deals did you do? Um, in 2014, I sold seven, and but I carried over six to the new year. Okay. The, oh, so the I, new the new year 15 or new year 14? It doesn't really matter. New, new year 15. Okay. 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 So and, I still had six in in my inventory coming into the new year. Sure. Okay. And but the and, last couple of years have been super powerful for you, like it, from what it sounds like. Well, what happened it was in 2013, I kind of ended the partnership with my uncle and went off on my own. Okay. We were doing flips, but we were doing one. He a didn't year. put like a cow's head in your bed or anything, did he? No. <laughs> God, <laughs> Godfather Italian. style. Yeah, you know. I think that's Italian. We're Jamaican. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> what, what do you guys do? We probably put some food in. Uh, <laughs> I woke up in a bed of plantains. What? Exactly. Oh, man, her, you pissed somebody off. Some curry chicken. <laughs> Jamaican patties and right, things so, like that. All right. Probably some curry or jerk chicken on the bed. Nice. Exactly. Oh, man, scary stuff. <laughs> All right, so you separated from your okay. Why did you separate from him really quick? I'm just curious on that. Um, we were doing one flip a year, okay. and I thought we had a really great product. Every flip we put on the market, um, the very last one we did, it was on the market five days, and we had five offers. So for every day it was on the market, we had an offer. Yeah. So I thought we had a really great product, um, but our timelines were just too long. We were holding houses for eight months at a time. Yeah. We were taking six months just to do the rehab. Um, he had quit his job and the company was now paying for him to be self-employed, but the rehabs weren't getting any faster. And it was just overall, I just felt like it was a bad partnership. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, was that, yeah. let me, can I ask you like, I, mean, I, I don't know if he's going to listen to this, so I don't want to make awkward or anything like that, but like, was uh, he that knows awkward? The truth. Okay. <laughs> What'd she say? I missed it. He knows the truth. <laughs> I wonder, like, is it awkward now? I mean, like, because fa- working with family and friends, it's one of the downsides of doing it is that after the, the deal is done, if things don't go right, family and working with family and friends can be awkward. Like, is that awkward for you guys now? No, no. He still calls me and be like, oh, I'm doing one flip a year. Can you come and buy my lights or pick out this or pick out that? And I go oh, okay. do it. But when it first happened, it was really horrible. Yeah. Okay. It was it was one of those where, you know, everybody starts thinking they're getting robbed. Yeah. Everybody wants you to now pull out the books and show where all the money went. So it was really bad when it first happened. Well, I'm, yeah. gl- I'm glad it worked out. And, and you know, that's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm always of the family and, and friends first and then, you know, worry about business later. I, I try not to get into business with, with my relatives because of out of fear of that. I mean, I, I you know. It's it's scary, but I'm glad I'm glad things have uh, improved for you guys. Um, so so things picked up. I mean, did you get a new partner? Did you continue at it on your own, or you just been just kind of plugging away now? What's what's the what's the deal? Okay, so now it comes where I quit my job the second time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like I said, in 2013, um, I separated from my uncle, and then I made a goal. So my goal was I was going to quit my job in three months. And be a full-time investor. So a month passed, nothing was happening. I wasn't getting anything done, nothing had changed. And then I said, okay, well, I need a new goal. So my new goal was, in 30 days, I'm going to quit my job and be a full-time investor. So what I needed to do to get that done was get 15 houses under contract. So uh, probably about two weeks later, I'd gotten 15 houses under contract. And my job was making me sick. I gave my resignation and went out on my own. And then once there, I was like, okay, I'm on my own. I need to really make things happen now. So you got to explain this to me. Mm -hmm. Up until this point, how many real estate deals had you done? Um, Up until this point, I'd done my three that were, you know, me buying them, my two. Yeah. Then my two rentals. Then my uncle and I, we did three. And then I had done my one rental property. So up until this point, I had done seven total. You've done seven deals. And you seven at the, seven at that time. You're now saying to yourself, "Hey, I need 15 under contract." Okay, right, and, which is really scary. And in which t- what time period did you do that? That was um, 30 days. In 30 days, you put 15. I, I'm I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to understand this. You put 15 properties under contract contract to purchase in 30 days. Yeah, in 30 days. Now. Wow. You you got to tell me, A, you know, you got a big set of brass ones, by the way. <laughs> holy Moses. I don't know if that works with a female, but, you know, holy, wow. I mean, that's that's bold. That's really, I mean, that's bold. Um, go big or go home, right? Yeah, you went yeah. big. Um, what, what did you do with those 15 properties and over what period of, you know, Let's, we got to hear how, what, what's happened. I mean, did you wholesale or did you flip them all? Or are you holding them? What, how did you, you know, I did not buy all 15. Okay. I did not buy all 15. Okay. So that I have to clarify that I didn't buy all 15. I did get them under contract, but I didn't buy all 15. Okay. Cause of course, once you're out on your own, then you start wondering, okay, do I have enough money to buy all of this stuff? Yeah. Um, so some of them I bought by myself and then one of them, 
I eventually was like, okay, I want to buy this. I don't have enough cash. And I eventually went back to my uncle and said, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to come and joint venture with me on this one particular property? So that's how we got back talking. Okay. Okay. And yeah. so did he end up coming in? He did. He, he did, did end up coming in. Ah, yeah. see, don't ever destroy a relationship, right? <laughs> yeah. So he did end up coming in and we did do that one together. Gotcha. Which was still a bad idea. Oh, man. Come on. This poor <laughs> uncle is just getting dragged. No, he's not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> don't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Your competitors are fighting for your customers' attention. So how do you stand out? Easy. Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Reach new audiences, grow your customer list, sell more, raise more, and fast-track your growth. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business through email and SMS marketing, social media, and even events management. Don't know much about marketing? Don't sweat it, because Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. And with my boot camps and live events, I just don't have the time to clone myself. So I just let Constant Contact do the marketing for me, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with the free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. Okay, so... so I, I want to I I ask a couple questions about the, the quitting your job thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so you quit your job once before. Uh, yes. And then you realized maybe that was not a good, smart idea. <laughs> and so you went back to work again. And then you quit your job a second time. Do you... Um, 
I'm assuming the second time worked out a lot better. I yes. would I would assume. Um, I guess can you kind of talk about that? Like when when should somebody who's listening to this show when should they they quit their job? Like what I mean, at what point? Like why do you think the second time was successful? The first time wasn't. What what differentiated those two? Well, the second time I had money. <laughs> okay, that's a good, that's a great, that's a really good answer. Um, so I had money to be able to f- buy my deals, but I also had money to be able to live. You know, I could live for a year if things didn't work out. Yep. So I think that was the difference. The first time I was just quitting because I can do this by myself and I really hadn't given it much thought. Yeah. But the second time I was more prepared. I knew, okay, I'm going to need X amount of money. The first house is probably not going to sell for the first three or four months. So I'm going to be able to, I need to be able to survive. I need to be able to fund the flip. I need to be able to buy other stuff. So I had, I had money. Okay. Okay. I think, and I think that's smart. I think, uh, yeah, I think I think too many people quit their job too early. I mean, I, I'm all for quitting your job. Like, I, right. I love that idea. Uh, but, you know, obviously you have to have a plan behind that. And, you know, usually money is a good part of that. I quit my job, uh, like, what, three times in my life now? Like, where I've said I'm never having one again. And then right. each time I went back for some reason, like, like flipping didn't work out or whatever. And I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just think that's cool that you... I think that's cool that you did that. And I think it's cool you had both the first experience and the second to kind of compare and contrast that. So very cool. Nice. Um, okay, so quit your job, flipping houses. Okay. How many have you done now in the last couple of years since then? Um, since leaving my uncle, um, like I said, I came into the new year with six. So right now I'm doing six rehabs. Um, at the same and time. then Right, at the same time. Yeah. And then I sold seven last year. And then my plan for through the end of the year, I know this is crazy, but my plan through the end of the year is to do 30. Wow. That's great. But, and, and I love that you're setting big goals, right? Like we've talked about that before. And uh, there's a book I read called 10X by Grant Cardone. It's all about that, right? You set big, huge goals for yourself. Not, I want to do one flip next year. Right. But, you know, you set big goals. So, I mean, well, that's awesome. She's not only setting big goals, but she's taking big steps to and do big it. Big steps which is, to do that, which, which is, is the key awesome. to setting big goals. Yeah. 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 Big goals are useless if you don't take the steps yeah. to do that. So how are you rehabbing six six properties at once? I mean, you know, you've experienced, you, you know, you're like, your tool you're, belt well, I was going to say, you're like a, you're like a baby who decides she's going to run a marathon. Like, Hey, I just started walking. I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. Cool. You do it, baby. Well, I mean, how are you rehabbing six properties at once? Um, I am actually, I don't know, I guess it's called a one woman shop. So I am the realtor, the stager, the designer and the project manager. Wow. wow. Do you have six crews or are you using one crew? How, how, how are you doing the rehab? No, um, there are three different sets of crews running right now. Um, and one of them is even rehabbing um, de- a friend of mine, Derek's property. And then we go in and out. Like there's one property that there's an addition being put on on the back. So like there will be a drywall crew that comes in, plumbers, like different, different subs that come in. And, and uh, two questions for you. How are you finding the contractors you're dealing with? Uh, and then secondly, how are you financing all this stuff? Well, I'm financing hard money at the moment. Okay. And contractors just through referrals and I just basically have to sit on everybody. Nice. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, like, what do you, what do you mean by sit on everybody? Sit on everybody. Sit. Yeah, well, what do you mean by that? Well, like I said, one of the problems that I had with my uncle, I don't mean physically sit on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> She's coming. (laughs) Hold her down. (laughs) One of the problems I had with my uncle was the fact that the rehabs were just taking so long. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm looking on the MLS and there are people who are doing rehabs in 30 days. Why can't I do rehabs in 30 days? So that was the first mark, you know, getting rehabs done in that 30 day timeline. Um, so sitting on them basically just means I know usually by the day that I buy, I have dumpsters delivered. I have plumbers getting ready to come in. I've got electrician ready to come in. Demos getting started. So just making sure everything's ordered in the timeline. You're not, you're not messing around. Okay. And I, again, I'm going to go back to the six really quick on this. How you've got six going. You said you have three crews in, which means three of your properties aren't being touched Um which which is you know money out of your pocket money in the pocket of the hard money lender right so time right. is money in retrospect are you scaled well enough to be doing six properties at this point or um you know do you still and and I'm not trying to you know make you look or feel or anything bad I'm just wondering like hey seeing that there's three properties that are sitting there I'm, I bet you you're like you know you know 
clenching your teeth and saying, ah, I want this done. I want it done, you know, so. Well, I am and I'm not all in the same breath because um, when I made those that goal for 30 properties. Yeah. I thought to myself, you know, when I'm doing, you know, seven, it's easy to do one rehab and not have anything sit. Yeah. But in order to do a 30, you're going to have stuff that's going to sit yeah. and you're just going to have to be okay with that. Yeah. But if the rehab is in, you know, 30 days, then one house is not going to be sitting more than, you know, 30 days. Yeah. I mean, you could Probably get gonna more, be less. you could get more crews, but I guess then there's that now you're managing, you know, additional crews, managing all these extra people and it gets a lot more complicated, I'm assuming. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it, right now it's kind of hard to go, okay, I need three different sets of windows. I need three different sets of cabinets. I need, you know, just juggling everything. Yeah. So you mentioned hard money. Uh, mm-hmm. For those people who don't know what that is, can you kind of explain that and, and maybe share how you found the hard money lender? Um, I actually found my hard money lender through um, Derek, who I met on Bigger Pockets. Oh, nice. Nice. So, that's see, cool. Bigger Pockets Networking. has been awesome. Yeah, that's what <laughs> we're talking about. And, and what does that mean for what does a hard money lender do? Um, he pretty much um, lends me the money at very expensive costs yeah. nice. to buy the house. Nice. Yeah. And, and how does that, how, I mean, what kind of rate, do you mind me? I don't know if you can even share this. Like, no, that's fine. But what kind of rates and, and fees do you pay for hard money? Um, right now, my hard money lender is giving me 70% ARV. And he's doing four and a half percent upfront and fourteen and a half percent interest only every month. Okay, yeah. And and people who don't know what hard money is are probably like shocked right now and probably just picked their yeah. jaw off the floor. But th- right. those are fairly normal rates for hard money, exactly. uh, which people can learn more about if they pick up my book. So, <laughs> oh my, really? <laughs> now Ouch. I know why I brought the hard money question. Ouch! Well, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna give the link. That way, it's I not mean, a shameless plug. Right. Well, you can shamelessly plug. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. So the hard money. Yeah. It's I mean, really hard. It's, like come February 1st, I think um, like I have a $13,000 payment due February 1st. Ooh, yeah. And yeah. So what are the dangers of using hard money? Um, just basically not having enough money. There so you if you don't have any mo- enough money to do rehabs, if you don't have enough money to make the payments, to pay for the electricity, just to keep everything going. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the yeah, rates but, are rates are high and and but you know here here's the reason people do hard money, right? I mean, hard money lenders understand the business, right? They, right. they can look at a property, they can va- evaluate it. Um presumably you're doing that work and you're showing to them and they're saying, "Oh yeah, this makes sense." You know, they know the cost to fix it up. And you know, they're applying their money and and they're taking a big gamble on somebody that they're going to actually be able to get their money back out, right? Definitely, definitely. I think one thing that I have used to try to make hard money feel a little bit less expensive is my rehabs are quick and I'm in and out of the property really quick. So, and that's key. That is key. Yeah, that is definitely key. So, like now I'm on, I think I'm probably around a four month timeline to be in and have it sold. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That, the the property I mentioned earlier, the the one I held for two years, that was mm-hmm. hard money the entire time. Oh and wow. You can imagine, yeah, hard money. We were paying twelve percent at the time. Twelve percent for two years on a ninety thousand dollar loan. Like that. Got, that is a lot sell. of interest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that that's why I didn't make money on that deal. Had I had all right. cash, it would have been fine. But all right. So you know, we talked about hard money, like why you know it it can be dangerous and all that. But obviously, the good side of hard money, of course, is that it's it's quick, it's easy, and you can just factor those numbers into your math when you do the. When you do the math, and if it works, it works. It works. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I will take this moment to plug something else, not for me, but for for Josh here. Uh, we have a Bigger Pockets house flipping calculator uh, that a lot of people use already, but for those people who are not already using it, check it out at biggerpockets.com/analysis. Biggerpockets.com/analysis, and we actually have in there. Uh, you can actually type in the hard money rate, the fee, and all that, and plug it into your calculation. And if you can come up with a good, you know, deal, uh, including those costs in there. You know, it, it's a good way to feel confident about your flipping uh, is by including those numbers in there. And I have used that calculator and it's really awesome. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, for this calculator aside, you know, and, and this goes with everything. I think one of the most important things when it comes to a real estate deal is understanding the costs up front. I think where, where novices get it wrong is they yep. always, always, always underestimate their costs. And even pros, even guys who've been doing this a long time, underestimate right. costs. It's really easy for uh, rehab to, to go over schedule to, you know, budget to go much bigger. Um, so, you know, if and you, I have a story about that and I want to hear it, but really quick, like, and if you're doing this stuff, guys, like definitely like don't ever 
you know, say you're doing a, a buy and hold property and you're trying to evaluate a buy and hold property and you're like, I'm going to manage it. So I'm going to just not include the management cost. So it looks better. Like, don't do that. Put the management cost in because, you know, in the end, if that deal works, it's going to be a much better deal than a deal that had you left out a couple of costs just to kind of make it work. Cause you really are emotionally attached to that thing. Yeah. So I think that was a very good point. Thank um, you. Because you. you do have a lot of people who they just try to cut everything like, oh, I'm not going to have yep. a ton yep. of holding costs. Oh, I'm only going to hold it for four months. And then, yeah. you know, seven months later, they're still holding the property. And yeah, well, that was my costs. one good point for the week. So, yeah, <laughs> good job. No. Yeah. All right. You had a story. Let's hear that. And then we're actually going to probably move on to our fire round. Um, I have a story that I posted on the forum about going $70,000 over budget. 70000 that's it. I didn't read that forum thread. Tell, yeah, tell me about oh, that. you didn't? No. no. Tell me about this. Yeah. I mean, we had we had like 1,700 <laughs> forum posts on Thursday. So, you know, if you <laughs> then to now. Yeah, Brandon reads them all. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay, so 70,000 over budget though. I mean, that's 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 a lot. I mean, that's more than... I was only like 50 over budget on my biggest property. <laughs> how'd, you but, go 70 how'd you go 70 over? Um... I got a really bad quote from a contractor. I trusted him and it was a historic house. I didn't realize at the time that historic houses you needed to go do full electric, full HVAC, full plumbing, and just everything that came with historic houses. So, yep, then those numbers just kept racking up. Mm. Well, explain really quickly for those people who don't understand what what is a historic house and like what's the difference between that and like a house that I don't know I see a house built in the fifties is that a historic house or a house built in the twenty is it a timeline or is it just you know a special property what what makes a difference I think it's just anything that's um, it's it was in a historic neighborhood um, but it's just anything you know nineteen twenties nineteen hundreds. 1950s does not count. That's not historic. Um, <laughs> so 100 years old, over 100 years old, you know, 80, 90 years old. Just okay. older houses that have, you know, knob and tube they've just and, been around. Yeah. Knob and tube, electric, um, and just galvanized pipes, just old houses. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, you know, just from my experience, like work, I mean, almost every flip I've done has been old house. It's been 100 years old or so. Right. I mean, there are so many things that can go wrong. I'm not saying people shouldn't do them. I love them. But there are a lot of things like that you just never will see until you open up a wall or until exactly. you yeah, pull something about. So there are some added risks to doing those. Uh, maybe you can speak to that for a second. Um, like one of the things that older houses have is they don't have a lot of insulation. Like their outside walls aren't really insulated. So, yep. you know, once you open those walls, the walls are made of plaster. So once you open those walls, then you've got this heavy plaster, no insulation. And then, you know, once the county comes in for permits, it's just you need permits for everything. Yeah. So I hear Maryland's pretty crazy about that. Yeah. So those costs just kind of start running up. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, listen, I, I think uh, your story has been very interesting and, and we're, we're cheering for you and, and, you know, definitely uh, want to hear if you hit the 30 at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, you can come. Definitely. You can come back here on the podcast and tell us about your your thirty at the end of the year. Yeah. I'm going to hit it just so I can come back. Good. Uh, that's what, that's nice. what I want. Well, do, you know, do it well. Make make sure you do it, but do it well. And, and, I got thirty flips. I lost money on everyone. Otherwise, one. yeah, <laughs> we're going to beat you up on that. So yeah. two hundred thousand dollars it cost me no. just to get on a second yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, no, because you know I, I'm a woman. We do really nice rehabs. <laughs> That is true. You know, I, I let my wife do all the looks part of our rehab. Let's talk about that really fast. I wanted to go to the fire round, but I want to talk about that. Uh, you know, I don't know. How many female uh, rehabbers have we spoken to, Brandon, in the 100 plus shows? Not that many. Not, a, not that many. Why, why are more women not rehabbing houses? I don't know the answer for that. Um, I think it's like a male-dominated field. Yeah. So I really don't know the answer why more females are. But we do really great houses. I yeah. mean… Lighting is beautiful. We know exactly what um, the buyers want. Yeah. And I just think overall, we do really nice houses. Well, well, who are the buyers on houses? It's women. Bu guys don't it's buy. Women. We don't buy houses. I mean, I have no say whatsoever <laughs> in my next house purchase. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I yeah, it's great. Honey, what do you think? Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. So that's, well, I mean, you know, why don't you, 
I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of like plea to the women out there to get into, you know, get out there and do this stuff. Cause you know, I think a lot of women think, Hey, this is, I can't do this. That's not true. Right. Um, if you're a woman and you want to flip, I think you should go for it. And if you're local, give me a call. Nice. Nice. That was very inspiring. That was inspiring. I'm inspired. (laughs) I'm inspired. And I'm not a woman. (laughs) I'm inspired. All right. All right. right, Moving on. I hear the sound effects coming in. It's time for the fire round. All right. This is the fire round. These questions all come straight out of the Bigger Pockets forums, which our listeners can inter, uh, interact on at biggerpockets.com slash forums. And I know Ophelia is in there. That's how I found Ophelia for the show as you were helping people out in there. So let's uh, let you help out some more people answering their questions. Number one of the fire round. Let's see. What do you do when you're selling your fix and flip on the retail end? Do you sell it on your own or do you use a realtor? And you said you earlier you're your own realtor. Does that mean you actually have your license? I do. I got my okay. license in January of last year. Okay. So you actually sell them yourself. You put them on the yes. MLS. I put them on the MLS. And honestly, that's all I do with my houses. I don't do any kind of advertising anywhere else. I just put them on MLS and that's where 95% of the buyers are. And you're selling those in days? In days. I get multiple offers. That's great. That's great. Um, all right. So question two, where, where do you find your deals? Where do you find great deals to flip? buy and hold back in the day. But, you know, yeah, where are you finding these properties? I am actually finding my properties on MLS. Also on the MLS. Okay. For those yeah. people who say you can't do it, it can't be done. Well, that's that's not, not true. true. Okay. That's okay. not true. Right Maybe on. I can expand on that real quick. Do you have any tips for people for finding good deals on the MLS? What are her criteria maybe? Um, I think you just have to keep scrubbing it. I like um, stuff that's been sitting for a long time. I don't go after brand new listings. I go after stuff that's been sitting and sometimes what they're asking for it is not what I'm willing to offer. And I just send out the offer anyway. I think you should just go ahead and send out the offer even if you think they won't accept it. Yeah. That's terrific advice. Yeah. I mean, there's been a number of times where, yeah, I made an offer like, ah, what the heck? I'll just get the offer anyway. And then they accept it. And I'm always like, yeah, I'm like, I should have offered lower. Oh, man. Exactly. Yeah. It always happens. Yep. I just got one where I offered $80,000 lower and I was just amazed that they said yes. Yeah. Wait, yeah. how much was it listed for? It was listed for two thirty, and I offered um, one forty-five, and they came back and said we'll take one fifty. Wow! Well done, nicely yeah. done. That's yeah. great. Was and and how long had that been on the market? I'm just curious. Uh, probably about sixty-eight days. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Cool. So it wasn't that long. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you have any recommendations for good software programs or or any other way that you manage all of your projects? Because having a lot of stuff going on at once seems like it would take some kind of management. Actually, right now, I'm just really doing Excel, Microsoft Word and Excel. There's really no special software that I'm using right now. Okay. Well, there you go. It works. You don't have to get any big, big fancy software to make it happen. That's great. That's great. All right. Last question. I am new to rehabbing. Where is the best place for me to find funding for my first deal? Um, I think if you're very new, you have none of your own funds or very little of your own funds. I think you just look it up, um, go on Google, search up hard money in your particular area and just call them all and see what they have to offer. Nice, nice. And and since you said hard money, we we do have a, a directory on bigger pockets of I don't know, we have like three or four hundred hard money lenders around the country. It's biggerpockets.com slash hard money lenders. And folks can go there and do exactly what Ophelia said, you know, call up, you know, a bunch of these folks in your area and see who might be willing to work with you and who you would want to work with as well. Obviously, it's a two-way street. Don't just take the first lender who's willing to work with you. Make sure you do your due diligence. There right. you go. Nice. And I think I have met a couple of hard money lenders who are actually on bigger pockets. So if you just go through the forums, you can find hard money lenders who are on bigger pockets. Yep. There you go. Cool. Nice. Very cool. Great. Perfect. I love it. All right. Moving on. Let's end this thing with our world famous. Famous for. All right. These questions are the same ones we ask every week. So I'm sure you've heard them before, but I'm going to throw them at you right now. Number one, what is your favorite real estate book? The Flipping Book by Jay Scott. Okay. Bam. Flipping Houses by Jay Scott. I love it. There you go. You can find that at Bigger that is an amazing book. biggerpockets.com slash flipping book. It is available. Um, and it is a g- really good book. So. You know, not not as good good as other people's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you tell me the name of your book, I'll say that instead. 
Oh my goodness! Don't. The minute Jay Scott paid you to say his book, didn't oh, you? I knew stop. it. I knew it. I don't even think he knows who I am. <laughs> He's a Maryland he guy. He's a Maryland guy. So yeah, you know. he, yeah. he'll know who. But he I don't is. think he knows who I am. I'm probably too much of a small fry. Oh, <laughs> nobody's too small. Well, that's the cool thing about the real estate investing space. You know, there's nobody that's too small. Like if you have that attitude that hey, this person's too small, you're not going to be successful because you know we all help each other out, which is the greatest thing about this this business. You know, and particularly, I will plug bigger pockets. Particularly. Why bigger pockets is so cool is like, you know, some guy who's done three, four flips can help the guy who's done 50, you know? Right. Uh, so, you know, we're all, we're all on an equal footing, I think. Um, I just, just throw in here, I mean, Ophelia, I, just, I mean, I like to just thank people publicly on the podcast. You're helping out people. I mean, I see it all the time. You're just offering advice and stuff. So thank you. I mean, people appreciate that. Well, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. being on bigger pockets. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's your favorite business book? The trick to money is having some. Is that the name of the book or are you just giving me a yeah. quote? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's really the name of the book. The trick to money is having some. Uh, who wrote that book? Do you know? Um, I think it's Jay Scott Wild. Jay Wild or Jay Wild. I don't remember. If Was that says. Jay Scott's yeah. like evil cousin? It may have been. <laughs> <laughs> and why, why, why that book? What, no, what? I think it's Jay Stewart Wild. Jay Stewart Wild. What, what was special I'll about it? the show notes. Yeah. Um, I like I, I think it just talks about really the way you think. I think one of the things that I like about it is says making money is like as easy as cake, chocolate cake. So you just have to have something great that people want. And once they show up, you build them for it. Nice. And then you eat the chocolate cake. And then you eat the chocolate cake. Mm, <laughs> chocolate cake. Nice. <laughs> All right, Ophelia, you've got a little baby that's not a baby anymore. What do you do for fun besides you know hanging out with this this child? Or I'm... Oh, or two of them. Actually. Children. Yeah, there you um, go. I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep for fun. Oh man, we got we got to work on that, Ophelia. <laughs> There's got to be something else out there for you. Um, actually, I think I'm a little bit of a workaholic, so I'll yeah. tell the kids, okay, we are going to go to the movies. So we're going to go to the movies in Waldorf, maybe. And then on the way there, I'll be like, but I have to stop and look at this. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I will I will say I was house shopping over the weekend with my family and I brought my kids and we'd never were like, oh, this this is gonna be a bad idea. And it was fun. It was kind of a cool like family uh project. I mean, the kids were throwing out their feedback. It was uh it was interesting. No, I think my kids know me now, so they kinda go, Are we going straight there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad yeah. they know you now. Exactly. <laughs> Nice. Not before, just now. Right, now. Right, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. My final question of the day. This has been a lot of fun, but my final question for the day is what do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? I think it's about focus. I know a lot of people say, but I think it's really about focus. You can't be, I'm going to be about real estate and then I'm going to open a car wash and then I'm going to open a eviction service and then I'm going to open, you know, 50 million business. I think it's about yeah. people who are just very focused about getting one particular thing done. Yeah. I, I see that all the time. Right? People are excited about real estate and then they're excited about internet marketing and then they're excited about, you know, Tupperware selling that door to door or whatever, you know, like, I mean, the, the truth is, there are so many ways to make money in today's world. Right. I mean, just so many ways. Like making money is not that difficult. Yeah. Right. Uh, but um, it is difficult when you can't focus on anything because you just pick a new one because it sounds better. The grass is always greener. So I think that's right. terrific advice. Yeah. And you don't let one thing work out long enough. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. All right. My last question, Ophelia. Besides bigger pockets, where can people find out more about you? Um, well, on Bigger Pockets, nice. There you go. Is um, is my profile and my phone number and email are in my profile, and they can call me. Do you have a website or? I do not. I'm not really much on social media. Okay. So you really have to join Bigger Pockets and um, look up my profile and email or call me. Awesome. And we will. And I will link to that in the show notes at biggerpockets.com/slash/show105. Ophelia, it has been. A pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you yes, for man. coming on and, and uh, thanks for being a part of our world. Well, thanks so much for having me. And I don't think there are any plantains in my bed, but thanks. So <laughs> <laughs> Look out. The uncle's coming to find you. Oh, man. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Ophelia. I will see you on the site. All right. Bye. All right, guys. That was Ophelia Nicholson, show 105 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And uh, please check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 105. 
Also, if you are listening to the show, it doesn't matter how you're listening to it, but if you have yet to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, we ask that you please do that. And, and you can do that. Uh, there's going to be a link on the show notes at show 105. And uh, you can find that. And we definitely appreciate all ratings and reviews. They, they help expand the visibility of the Bigger Pockets podcast. So thank you very much. Otherwise, guys, you know, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. It's the beginning of the year. We know everybody's trying to set goals and things for themselves. If you have not yet started to engage on bigger pockets, you know, made this part of your world, try and do that. You know, say, hey, I'm going to send, spend, you know, five minutes a day or, you know, 20 minutes a week and jump on the forums, greet new people in my area, participate, engage, and start to get more involved in the community. Uh, it's going to only help you. It's only going to help you meet new people and potentially partners and, and deals will come as a result. So uh, we definitely encourage it. And uh, that's it. It's great chatting with you. We hope you enjoyed the show and we will look forward to talking to you next week on the Bigger Pockets podcast. I'm Josh Dorkin, signing out. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from biggerpockets.com your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leka Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.